You're listening to episode 146 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. We are bringing this podcast to you from Three Stream Studio in Homewood, Alabama, right here off of Oxmoor Road. I am joined by the one and only Jonathan Hafes, and he is the only other person in the booth at this time because, as we announced uh, the last time that the three of us were here, that Brad is on sabbatical. That's right. We got rid of him. He's gone. And I, I have a particularly uh, radio voice today. I'm a few mm-hmm. octaves lower. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> what what happened, man? Man, I got the vid. I got the vid. It was my second go round with COVID. I, I I hadn't had it in a year and a half. Um, you know, had it back in 2021, and it was the sickest I'd ever been back then. Um, but much much more mild for me this time around. Basically, a cold uh, kind of symptoms. I had fever for about three days, uh, so I've been fever free. Just so everybody knows, I've been fever free for almost a week at this point. Oh, good. Like, oh, good. Long time. Um, like I am, I am massively in the clear according to the CDC. Um, but really, all I had was the fever and then a stuffy nose, and so I still have a little bit of nasal congestion going on, and that's why that's why I sound like this. So, but. Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad that I'm very thankful that it was mild and it it stunk because it meant that I missed Sunday and there was nothing I could do about that. Um, but Sunday was awesome, um, not from me being in the room, but just from everything I've heard. Like the Lord just moved in a really powerful way. Uh, Grant brought the word, and then just through worship, through a prayer of lament, um, and uh, and just people testifying from the body. Yeah, I just I've heard nothing but incredible things i still haven't even gotten a chance to <laughs> go back and watch it yet yeah. um so but I, i'm going to uh but yeah i've just heard so many testimonies about what the the lord did that's that's awesome and like i mean truly like from from a pastoral perspective like you of course you have to do yeah at first you have to put your flesh to death because right. the, the moment you hear that things were awesome when you were gone you're like well, people just don't even need me, do they? And so, and so, like you, you got to put your flesh to death because, from a pastoral perspective, that's actually something that really makes you proud and that you really rejoice in. Um, because that's the man that is a sign of a healthy church that they are not dependent upon any one piece of their leadership and that they are truly being shepherded by the Lord and He is their shepherd. And so, I just really rejoice in and celebrate that big time and and I, I just thank you man just stepping up to the the plate man and, and taking the reins for the for the entire sunday that morning well of course providence would have it that uh three days after brad leaves for sabbatical <laughs> that you get covid leaving me by myself on a sunday morning but oh. no i didn't feel by myself at all grant stepped up and preached like jonathan said and did a phenomenal job and uh it was a great sunday um so but we're glad to have you back and i'm glad that you and your family are doing okay and that you're on the mend yeah man uh kept it confined to me in the household and so really really thankful for that so but yeah good to be back i'm ready to roll yep yep are you ready to go with some music i'm ready to go uh let's see what happens jam's album of the week jam's album of the
right, now, before everyone listening goes, hey, haven't you featured this album already? <laughs> this is a new single that myself and John Ball and Jeremy Moore released under the moniker of Shades to worship collaborative effort from the three of us and many others as well. This is In My Wandering, which we released off of our debut full-length record last year, Wanderings. Uh, This is a new version that we recorded live in the studio at Communicating Vessels in one take, and it is just me, Jeremy, and John Ball, so it's a very stripped-down, simplified version of it. Uh, We actually did two of these singles, so check that out if you follow Shades on Spotify and Apple Music. We have In My Wandering, live one take, and our song You're Here With Me as a live one take as well. So we we did these one takes maybe back in 2021. There's videos that accompany them that are on YouTube, but we finally released it to streaming. But here's a little more of it, a little drum machine action. Hey man, I just really love the chill groove of these live tracks. Yeah, they're not quite as intense as some of our right. tracks off of the full-length record, and so it's nice to reimagine them. But yeah, one take, no overdubs, no edits, no no auto tune on the vocals, nothing special. It's just it's just a raw performance. So check that out. And this is if any of you came to uh, see us play. When Andy was here uh, last year, Andy Squires, this is more of the vibe that we went for for our live performance last year when we featured a lot of these songs before he played. So um, we're hoping to do some more of this. And we actually got together and wrote a little bit this week. Yeah, you did. So we're back on the writing train again, and we're very excited to get that going. So we're actively talking about new songs and potentially a new project at some point so keep your eyes peeled for some new music to come out hopefully later this year i've been asking them to do an album solely inspired by the judges series so that it would just be a metal album just the whole thing metal you know maybe 17 years ago i would have done that right you know that would have been right up my alley i would have been like yeah that Challenge accepted. Oh, my word. Uh, Check that out. Just search Shades. The song is called In My Wandering. This is the live in the studio version. And uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Okay. So, like we mentioned earlier, Brad is on sabbatical. Brad. Brad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. Brad Brown. Bradford Brown. Just slip my memory. Sure. He's on sabbatical. (laughs) He he called me earlier and I answered, new phone, who dis? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you shouldn't be calling, Brad. You need to be away. You need to be Sabbathing. Right. Um, so he's he's gone. And as our faithful listeners know, he had a reoccurring recurring segment on Shades of Midweek called Bradford's Book Club. Oh, my word. So Jonathan and I had been brainstorming. We were thinking about this because what would happen when Brad was normally gone just like a random week is yeah. we would take over the segments. Right, be yeah, Bradford's just do like book a guest. Club, but be like a guest coming in. But Jonathan and I talked about this, and, and why don't you share with the midweek audience what we what our conclusion came to here. I mean, we came to the conclusion that if Brad's gone, then so is his segment. Like, that's right. just the way it's got to be. Right. You know? And whether or not he gets it back when he comes back, I mean, it just depends. 
Depends, because, I mean, you, the listeners, as he would always like to remind you, are a part of this conversation. So maybe you like the podcast better without his segment. Yeah. Maybe you like what's going to replace it mm-hmm. better. Right. And you're like, replace it, Jonathan? You're going to replace it? Yes. Yes, we are. Of course we are. Mm-hmm. Now, you may think, oh, my word, we're about to get to find out what is going to replace Bradford's book club. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish that were the case. You know, however, you're going to have to wait till next week to learn what is replacing Bradford's book club because here at Shades Midweek, we're respectful even even towards things that have annoyed us endlessly. We are we are respectful. And so we would uh like to take a brief moment of silence for the death of Bradford's book club. Mm-hmm. Followed by a special funeral tune to celebrate, I mean, mourn its demise. So, a moment of silence, please. All right, that's enough. And now, a funeral dirge. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The death of Bradford's book club. <laughs> See, this is what happens when Brad leaves. We can change everything. That's right. That's right. And so new things shall be happening next week. But the show must not stop because we got fun things happening this week, as a matter of fact. I wanted to take a quick trip, an unorthodox trip, down... To the email corridor. The email corridor? Yep, that's right. Jonathan was not expecting this because I wasn't. It, I, I didn't. I didn't know. We got. I looked at my email this morning, and and there was nothing there. So I say unorthodox because no one wrote in. Oh, to oh. midweek, but there was an email that went out through the Grace Vine. Uh, at Shades Valley Community Church. For those who don't know what Grace Vine is, we are on this, it's kind of like a Facebook for church. It's called The Realm. A lot of members and even non-members, just people that attend Shades, have a profile, and there's a uh, sort of like a message board. Yeah, Grace Vine's like the, the general message board where people can post prayer requests, job opportunities, I need a dog sitter. I mean, literally, it's anything and everything. Yeah, and back on January 19th, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a shout-out to Shades Midweek what? on the Grace Vine, and I just wanted to read it. Um, and since it did come to me in the form of an email, I mean, technically, it ended up in the email yeah, corridor. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is true. We get Some of us get our Realm notifications via email. All right. So this, uh, this email comes from one very, what I would consider a very uh, hot and good-looking individual. Wow. Wow. That is Ashley DeRoe. Oh. And she said, oh. and she said, hey, family, I listen to the Shades Midweek podcast weekly. 
Yeah, yeah, not because I'm biased, but it is truly so good. Meet a member episodes are my favorite. This week's episode, now this was a couple of weeks ago, is Jolie Coker, our new children's director. Yeah. It is a deeply impactful position, and this is a neat way to hear her joy about being with kiddos and learn some nuggets about her life. Jolie, Jolie, Jolie. <laughs> Literally in the, in the email, she's yep. chanting. Here is the link below. I hope this works. If the link does not work, you can listen on Spotify. I'm not going to read out the link for you. It's long and arduous. <laughs> Enjoy, she said. So, Ashley, I yeah. know that I know that you didn't write in directly to Midweek, but you did promote Midweek and said good things about us. And so I wanted to highlight that this week on the email corridor. Say thank you. I, I hope she's still listening. She told me the other week that she might not listen while Brad's gone because apparently... Oh, apparently he's the funniest. He's the funny one. He brings a special something kind of oh, dry sure. humor. Whatever. We don't need him. We don't need him. Don't... I don't buy it. ...need him. Well, I hope you're listening because this week is going to be one of your favorite kind of episodes. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. For a meet a member. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for. Sorry, I, Holly and I went to Hamilton recently, so that's what's what's going. I'm not about to introduce George Washington. I'm going to introduce to you the one, the only, the man behind the hair, and sometimes behind the stash, Adam Nichols, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Nichols in the house. How are you, sir? What's up? Man, that was, uh, thanks for the intro. I'm good. You know, well. you know, I like to start yeah. out strong, yep. you know, and I feel like. It's only down here, downhill from here. No, so man, I feel I... like this is about to be magic. <laughs> I feel like yeah, there's no, no. some magic it's unfolding. There's some electricity in this room right now. Yep. So. It's great to be here and great to be in Birmingham tonight. <laughs> so. How many of y'all like planes? No. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. word. Yes. Stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it prepared. <laughs> oh, no, that's fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, man. When I got the text about 37 minutes ago, I figured... <laughs> was... Hop on over here. Yeah. Got to get over here. But, uh, no, this is cool, yeah. I've, I've been one. I've been itching to get on for a while. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the show. I was about to say, <laughs> we hear you're a dedicated listener. Right. No, we, we asked uh, Adam just a second ago if he'd ever heard a Meet a Member episode, and, and your answer was... Uh, one, no one. <laughs> Mr. Victor Garnier, if you're listening, oh, listen to yours. Victor, it was sweet. You, you should feel special, Victor. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so you're going to fly blind right into this. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to expect. Well, excellent. But, well, we typically do start out with asking people just to confess their three worst sins. <laughs> and I'm joking. That's a joke that Adam made a minute ago. Oh, I would no, never do that. That no. is not. We can, we can edit We can bleep it out. That is not what we do. Yeah. No. Um, man, the easiest way to get started is just we want to hear um, about... Just your growing up years, like what was what was that like? What was young Adam like? And tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you grew up. I know a little bit of your story, so I know there's absolutely nothing interesting or unique to this portion of your Mm-mm. story. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Adam Nichols, that's my name. Um, and uh, let's see, I was born in 1988. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, the late '80s. Yes. So, uh, I uh, my parents. So my parents. Um, 
they have always been in the church, been involved. And uh, Dad was a pastor when I was born. Um, in 86, they went to a country called Uruguay uh, in South America. And they were on like a two-week, I think it was like a two-week um, mission trip. And mm-hmm. they felt the call to go back. They felt uh, God pulling at them to go back full-time missions. Uh, and so they were in seminary at the time. They went to Southern in Louisville. Yeah. That, that's where I was born. Um, and that was kind of always on their minds uh, to to go back there, and uh, and I'm an only child, and they said I was a miracle boy because uh, they had tried having kids for 11 years, but oh, weren't wow. able to, um, and uh, that's kind of a joke, but they did say it was like a, a miracle, um, and uh, so and then I was born, and so kind of it was kind of unexpected. I think they, sure. they weren't expecting to have me. They I don't think they expected to have kids, um, but. Uh, but anyway, so I was born while they were in seminary, <clears throat> and Dad went on to have a couple of different jobs. He was a youth pastor in North Carolina for four years, and then he was a lead pastor in West Virginia. Um, and uh, eventually, we we ended up making it down to South America when I was eight. What well, What was that like for you as a move as an eight year old? Because like I think about like, so I've moved with my kids a lot, but all within like the same city. Yeah, you know, and I think about them at that age. And that's right around the age when moving just starts to become a big deal. Mm. Because, like, younger than that, when we would make a move, they they almost didn't even notice. Mm. You know, as long as Holly and I were there, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the age where, like, you know, they started making friends on the street and all of those kinds of things. So it was a bigger deal for them to move. And you're not just talking about moving within a city, but stinging hopping countries. So what, what was yeah. that like for you? Well, before I was 12, I think I've counted this a few times, including the times we moved in the U.S. I probably, I think I moved seven or eight times. Wow. So, North, like, North Carolina, West Virginia, Alabama. Um, when I was Alaska, seven. Arizona, Arkansas. Kansas. Yeah, Alabama, <laughs> Arkansas. I sure love my mom. There, there you go. Uh, and then we went to Costa Rica when, we were, when I was seven for Spanish language school. That's where the IMB, my parents were at the IMB, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, sends all their missionaries to learn Spanish for about a year, and then they disperse them amongst like the Latin American countries. Um, and then to Uruguay when I was eight, and so I was pretty used to moving. Um, okay, yeah. Not to say that it was good, always good, but I was kind of used to like, okay, we'll be here for a few years and then somewhere else. And me being an only child, it was kind of just me and my parents, like a smaller unit maybe. Right. And so we were just kind of mobile, you know, in and out. We didn't, we we never owned a home. It was all. Like uh, it was either church provided or you know rental stuff like that, and so it was just we moved a bunch. Um, and of course, the IMB provides your housing and things like that too. But uh, it was it it was definitely difficult though. I will say that um, I can remember. <clears throat> I don't want to get too depressing, but <laughs> I can remember the first the first day I was in Uruguay <clears throat> would have been like when I was eight. I guess would have been like ninety uh, six. Uh, just being really sad and uh, sitting on the the couch, you know, and like saying, man, I, I don't want to be here, you know, kind of right. thing. Um, and, of course, it got better over time for sure as developed friendships and things like that. But but moving is just there's no way around it, I don't think, uh, for a child it's difficult. Sure. You know? And so. Just curious because, I, I mean, I know you're fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Did you – when y'all went to Costa Rica, like, were you in classes too, or did yeah. you just pick it up? I went to classes in Costa Rica, so, um, and learned there, and so, and then we went to Uruguay, I went to public school, uh-huh. so it, it was third grade, I did third, fourth, and fourth, and fifth, and, 
and I quickly learned how how basic my Spanish was, even after a year sure, of school. Sure. So, uh, but uh, picked it up pretty fast. Right. Picked it up pretty fast, um, and became bilingual pretty quickly. You know, kids can learn very fast. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we were down in Uruguay when I was eight, and um, and for those of you, I guess everybody listening, uh, for people who don't know anything about Uruguay, Uruguay, uh, it's a really cool country. It's kind of off the beaten path. You don't hear about it a bunch in like the news or anything. Um, it's 3 million people. It's a pretty small population, about the size of Alabama. It's on the Atlantic coast between Brazil and Argentina. And uh, real European, a lot of Spanish, Italian influence, a lot of Italian last names, tons of Italian last names because a lot of immigrants, I guess, in the early 20th century. Um, they eat a lot of meat, you know, a lot of beef. And so... Cattle herding is like one of their big things. Um, really peaceful country. There's no like drug cartels or sh- shootouts or kidnapping, anything you hear, nothing like that down there. Um, and so it's a great place to grow up. Um, just real, real chill, real peaceful. Hmm. Um, and uh, and I didn't like stand out very much because I've heard from other missionary kids in Africa or Asia, for example, like a, a white person stands out a bunch. And so it's you're kind of like, automatically different sure uh but in uruguay i just looked like everybody else pretty much i was a little taller maybe but uh uh you know didn't look too different and so it was it was uh, a great place to grow up it's a great country um it still has a really strong place in my heart like the uh the world cup was recently uh december november december of last year right right and that's probably their biggest claim to fame is soccer um Mm -hmm. they won the first world cup in 1930 they hosted it and then they won again in 1950, I think. Wait, wait, wait. So I, my, my soccer knowledge is slim to nil. So when you say they won the first World Cup in 1930, was that the first World Cup mm-hmm. ever hosted? Yeah. Wow. And it was hosted in Uruguay. That's awesome. Um, now, some people say it wasn't very legit because it was like, what, seven countries or something? It wasn't many countries, but still, but they hosted it. They it's won. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah for yeah. real. They, they're so funny, though, because they have Uruguay's jersey has four stars. Now, whenever a country wins the World Cup, they get a star. Okay. So they got four stars. They've only won two World Cups. Uh, the other two are from Olympics before the World Cup existed. Ah. <laughs> and as far as I know, they're the only country that does that, but they're, they're just, hmm. they're going to count them all. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, and then. Yeah, just uh, like Alabama with their national championships. Just, oh, just, uh, just shots fired. <laughs> oh, just man. count all of them. Shots fired. <laughs> The ones where they're like nine and three, like in the seventies, and oh, they still, yep, this all of them. Yeah. Anyways, go on, continue. Yeah. So still more than Auburn. I get it. I get it. I know. I know the joke's coming, <laughs> Alabama fans. Wait, Auburn's one or two? <laughs> two. Two. But they would. They would probably the uh, the first one that Auburn won was in nineteen fifty seven, and I believe they were on probation that year. So some people like to give give them crap because they were on probation, mm. but it was legit. I yeah. Mean, all of this is lost on me. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, 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 I derailed I actually, this. I actually, I, I earlier, today, earlier today, earlier <laughs> today, I, I texted John Mark. There's a football text message group 
uh, that he, that I was in randomly, and I told him I was like, "I'm sorry, dude, but I'm gonna have to leave the crew uh, <laughs> because I was getting so many texts, and I'm like, I don't know what anybody's stuff that talking you don't care about. about. <laughs> I know. Well, Tom Brady announced his retirement again, again today, and yeah. this time supposedly it's really happening. Mm. So that was some texts we're going through. And I think I think Jonathan had had enough. So uh, you're not a big football guy, John. <laughs> So I I watch football socially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I don't like crazily follow any one given team, but man, I'll I'll absolutely watch a game, have fun, hang out with everybody, um, and all that. But I don't follow it enough to be in a, a text thread. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Anyways, so how many years? You may have said this already, but how how long did you live in Uruguay? Uh, eleven. Eleven years. Eleven years. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, by the so. time. You're moving, and then are you moving back to the states? So you're not moving point? back till college. College, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We lived in two different cities in Uruguay, so halfway the first three years we were one place, and then the rest of the time we were in a different place. Uh, so we moved within Uruguay, um, and uh, yeah, it's funny how <clears throat> it you know it was it was difficult living down there sometimes, but it was also wonderful. You know, really cool. I got to see things that probably a bunch of people never get the opportunity to see. I got to visit several different countries mm-hmm. um and uh i get to i got to be in a different culture which is probably my favorite thing be immersed in a different culture which i think is something that um is missed all, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people who don't have the chance or you know don't want to travel or whatever but not just for like a week or two weeks or, or vacation or whatever but like you know a, a several months a year or things like that you get to see how other people live um and so uh you know even though we lived by pretty high standards, by, by Uruguay standards, because you know we we had a nice house and things like that provided by the mission. But um, but it was really good. And as as I got older, I got you know I got more involved with different things, and uh, <clears throat> you know it, it became like home. Um, you know we did like a church basketball league, things like that. Um, and so uh, so then it's kind of funny. It kind of flipped on its head. By the time for me to move back to the states, I was just turned 19 when I was 18 about turned 19 in 2007 and I decided to come back uh to go to Sanford because I knew a couple of people who'd gone to Sanford here in Birmingham and Mike so, so wait, wait 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 what what year do you start Sanford in the fall oh seven it's just it's just so funny it's just so crazy so you were a sophomore at Sanford in 08 yep yeah so that's when I showed up to Beeson mm. was the fall of 08 so we probably graduated at the same time or close to it. You from undergrad, me from grad school. That's crazy. Yeah, I I used to work at, and this is later on in my story, but I used to work at O'Henry's, and I think I remember seeing you come in a few times. That's hilarious. O'Henry's Brookwood. O'Henry's Brookwood. Yeah. 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 That. So. That's wild. Small world. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. Go back. Uh, Yeah, so uh, my extended family's from Athens, Alabama. So we had the Alabama connection. My parents are from Athens. And so I decided I wanted to go somewhere in Alabama. And and some people are like, well, why didn't you just go to college in Uruguay? And some people ask me this. I'm like, well, nobody really does that. I mean, because we're Americans. So we come back to America, you know, to live. Uh, so some missionary kids do find, like, um, do get married to nationals uh, in, in whatever sure. country they're in. That's that's fairly common. Um, I I tried tried that but the uruguayan <laughs> women they shot me down <laughs> uh, i tried man <laughs> you know i just didn't have that latin spice um but uh 
but no, so that's kind of common. So I do know a few people who stayed down there and they got married down there and things like that. But for the most part, everybody is assumed you're coming back to the States. <clears throat> and and right. my, my education in Uruguay was all homeschooled. Uh, and people are like, why didn't you go to school down there for high school? Well, I could have, but it's, it's really different. It's a different curriculum. It, sure. it wouldn't have set me up for the SAT and for college, things like that. So I homeschooled, which uh, I was not a fan of homeschooling. Um, I just I just didn't like it. It was just me in front of a computer all day. Um, so I know, sorry to homeschooler people out there, but I know there's different, <laughs> I know there's different ways to do it that are probably sure. better. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so decided to come back to Sanford, um, and came back in 2007. And that was kind of like a reverse culture shock, um, coming back to the States. Cause I had gotten used to, li- to like South American lifestyle and Uruguayan lifestyle and things like that. And coming back to the States, was just very different. I remember we were staying at this house in Decatur, Alabama, this house that uh, this church had provided for us to stay in. And it was like June, so it was pretty hot. And uh, it was like kind of the middle of the day. I just took a walk around the neighborhood, your typical American suburb, you know, and there's like nobody out. It was a work day probably, you know. Nobody out, and I'm just thinking to myself, where is everybody, you know? Because in Uruguay, if you're, if you're walking around any typical city, there's just people everywhere walking, riding bikes, kids, dogs, noise, you know. And, uh, but not in America because, well, I guess people are at work. But even, I guess, after five, most people are probably inside mm-hmm. by the AC, you know, watching, right. watching TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, they just don't. In Uruguay, they just sit out in the front lawn. It's kind of like the, the 50s or something. They sit out in the front lawn and drink their... Uh, mate, which is like their tea thing, uh, and just watch watch the world go by, kind of thing, because they don't have anything else to do, you know. So that was uh, I remember thinking to myself, like this is just weird, and I mean this is this is kind of a basic thing, but like America is just so car centric. Mm-hmm. Everything's car. You can't do anything without a car. Nothing can't do nothing without a car. And uh, in Uruguay, it's just the way the cities are designed. Uh, it's kind of like Europe too. Because the, the cities are much more compact in Uruguay. Right. Uh, tiny yards, smaller homes, everything's kind of on a grid. And the city where I lived was 50,000 people, but it was probably like five miles across. You know, it was, mm. it was everybody, everything shrunk in. And so here, yeah, you have to have a car, you know, for anything. I remember uh, we were at some church event or something, and... Um, uh, one of my buddies was there, and he had he was older than me, but he had just gotten. This was when I was younger. We came back to the states to visit. He was a few years older than me. He just got his driver's license. I think he was sixteen, and uh, and I was kind of stuck there at this church event with my parents, just kind of bored or whatever. And uh, he said, uh, and he was like, "I'm hungry. I think I'll go to Wendy's." So he just he just gotten his license, so he could go to Wendy's, you know. <laughs> and he drove to Wendy's, and I'm thinking, "Wow, that must be so great. Get your license." <laughs> But it was so foreign to me because if it had been an event like that in Uruguay, who cares? I could just go walk to right, Wendy. Right. We don't have Wendy's, but walk to whatever restaurant or ride my bike. Or I had a moped, you know. And so uh, it's just the different lifestyle and, and different, you know, pace of living and things like that. So it was it was a reverse culture shock coming yeah. back. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you come back to Sanford, and what are you what are you studying there? Uh, I. <clears throat> I love foreign languages, and so I already knew Spanish, so I was like, I'll just do the other ones. And so I did uh, French and German. Okay, wow. Um, 
Yeah, it was like it's kind of like a double major in French and German, and I'd already started studying those in Uruguay, just kind of extra extra extracurricular stuff in high school. Um, so yeah, that's what I majored in. Now being a being a language fan, and also I happen to know uh, you're a massive Tolkien fan, as mm. I myself am, and Jean Marc is now officially falling asleep. Realizing that the rest of this podcast oh, like is going to be us talking about <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs> no, um, I like Lord of the Rings. Do you do you know any Elvish? Oh uh, no. <laughs> I was just curious because no. so there are Tolkien hardcore Tolkien fans out there who actually learn like uh, a pretty good amount of Elvish or, or Quenya. Yeah. yeah, Stephen Colbert probably. And but <laughs> yeah. and I love Tolkien and I love languages, but I'm I've never been that level committed, and so I was just I just remember curious. the inscription on the ring, but that's right. not in Elvish. That's in uh, the Black Speech yeah, of Mordor. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. I love it. Uh, y'all y'all don't know this because y'all aren't here, but like it just started getting uh, overcast outside automatically, yeah. right? And like we heard thunder rolling in. Yeah. yeah. How dare you speak that tongue here? Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's great. A lidless eye wreathed in flame. His gaze pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and flesh. How can you not? That's All so right. metal, John so, Mark. It's so metal. <laughs> oh, it my word. Metal. It is well, metal. Well, really quickly. Okay, so you're at college, and we're obviously about to get to the point where you and Allie meet. But before we get there, back up just a little bit and tell us just a little bit about your own spiritual journey. Because, I mean, so obviously you grow up completely exposed to the church and the gospel and all of these things. But, like, what does it look like for your faith to become your own along the way? Um. Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good question, and um, it was a long process, I'll say, that continues today. Um, but yeah, so my parents, I accepted, you know, I, I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, and, um, you know, we used this, not to speak for the whole Southern Baptist Church, but I, I, growing up, I, I heard this language of accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right, right, into sure. your heart. Yeah. So I prayed that prayer when I was four, super young. Uh, like to, like my kids, I have four kids, and uh, two of them are older than that now, and I can't imagine them having done that. But sure, sure. I prayed the prayer when I was four, and I think I think it was legit. You know, I don't think it was. I didn't understand fully what I was doing, but I felt it was uh, real. You know, and uh, then I was baptized when I was six. Um, my dad was a pastor in West Virginia at the time, um, and uh, and my yeah. For many years, it was very closely tied to my parents' work, you know, right. as missionaries, and and there was really no other way to to go about it, in my opinion, in my mind at the time. I didn't have an incredible like uh, rebellious phase where I just went off the sure, deep end. Sure, sure. You know, um, I didn't have that. I did have so like that's a, what you're going through right now with your long hair. Yes. Hippie. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> no. It, yeah. My dad, uh, he didn't like my long hair. They probably won't even be listening to this. But <laughs> I'm not going to tell him about it. He didn't like my long hair when I was a teenager, so I made a point to grow it out. And <laughs> we were talking about Alabama Auburn. He's an Auburn fan, and so I made a point to wear Alabama gear. Oh my word! Just to, just a mess. With Let's him. dig into your relationship wow. with your father. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so uh, so that was that was my form of rebellion. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you know, I. I guess the most growth I've experienced, you know, was probably, 
you know, post-college, to be honest with you. Because growing up in Uruguay, um, you know, I, I was familiar, familiar with the Bible, familiar with the church, familiar with, you know, statements of faith and things like that. And, uh, and, I, and I believed it, and I was very, um, very active in, in serving the church because right. my parents are missionaries. Uh, and so it's kind of by proxy my job to also do missions. Um, and uh, so for a long time, I kind of associated my uh, value, if you will, in God's eyes with how much I was doing. I know I wasn't saved by, I didn't say, oh, I'm saved by works or anything like that. Right. But like I said, I got to be serving. Serving's number one. You know, missions is number one. Because uh, I, I play music, so like leading uh, leading worship at church, uh, leading right. youth group, um, passing out tracks, you know, stuff like that. And so throughout my teenage years, it was closely, that was closely how I related um, my own spiritual, you know, growth, I guess. And that kind of continued into college, and uh, I would, to be honest, yeah, I've really started to shift that paradigm only within the last three, four years, I would wow. say. Um, and so, it's uh, which has been good. Mm-hmm. It's been really good. Because um, in college, I, I was involved in a Hispanic church in Hoover called Agape, which I'm not sure if it's still there. It might be named something else now. But... Uh, and continue to, you know, to serve and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and all that was really positive. And I'm not saying it wasn't positive. I'm just saying that maybe my, my relationship, my view of God yeah. might not have been completely accurate, you know, because I kind of viewed him as, um, you know, always expecting more of me, disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just kind of lending itself to like a performance-based relationship, you yeah. know? And, uh, and so I've, here in the past few years, I've really, it's, I've seen a lot of grace in as far as my understanding of God, my view of God, you know, simple things like, you know, I was reading a scripture where um, Jesus says, I think, what is it, the, the disciples are, um, they may be arguing about something, but but he says, I've come to call you friends, I think. Mm. You're no longer servants, but I've come to call you my friends. Yeah, that's the Last Supper discourse yeah. in, in John. Yeah. And uh, and gosh, when I read that, like, of course I've heard it before, you know, but like, it's so interesting when I when you read scripture, it kind of hits you emotionally, you yeah. know, because before it would always just kind of be intellectual, like, yes, okay, he's calling me his friend. It's kind of detached. But thinking, okay, wow, God is actually, Jesus actually is calling me, you know, naming me his friend, the creator of the universe, you know, who created everything, who's holy, who's sinless, um, can, you know, he just calls me his friend. That's just amazing to think. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I guess to answer your question, um, it was a long process. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Uh, that's awesome man thank you yeah um, so much just for sharing all of that that's beautiful um and sometimes it really is like simple truths that we have supposedly known our entire lives that once they actually impact us in a way that's real and relational like it's only then that we begin to see the uh the depth of their reality 
Mm. Like that he would call us his friend. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, another one was um, Jesus and the Little Children. Mm. And this was maybe two years ago, and I was reading this to my kids. It was like an illustrated kids' Bible thing that I was reading to them. And uh, and in the middle of reading to them, I just started crying because I, I feel like I kind of read this story for the first time mm. about, you know, Jesus... The disciples are arguing, which one of us is going to be at your right hand or something right. like that. You know, which one of us is holy, not holy, but which one of us is better. And and he says, look at these children and, and how they love me. You need to have faith more like them. You need, you need to be more childlike, you know, and the kids just run up and, and they embrace and things like that. And before I, I would read that and and I interpreted it as Jesus chastising them for like, you know, maybe he was in a way, but I just pictured him pointing his finger saying, you guys need to improve your faith, you know, and, and work harder on having better faith like these kids. But when I was reading it that time, I was like, that's not what he's saying. I mean, he, he's just saying these kids are completely, completely innocent, completely like just powerless. They have nothing to offer, you know. They could be dirty street urchins with dirty clothes uh, and, you know, just, you know, maybe they're orphans. Who knows? Um They've done nothing for them, and they have they, they've done nothing to deserve his recognition. Yet he he loves them, and they love him, yeah. and they all embrace. And that's just that's just it. It's just it, it's unconditional love. And uh, the disciples couldn't see that in that in that scene, and uh, and that hit me, you know. And I just started crying as I was reading that to my kids because I could see I could just see myself mm. in that scene. Mm. Yeah. So your kids freak out <laughs> a little bit Daddy, I'm, why just, are you I'm just kidding yeah a little bit like uh, why, yeah. What's going on? I, they're kind of no. used to seeing me cry now though oh, at this point that's so. awesome though that's that's awesome um well man to move from something incredibly serious and deep to something incredibly not serious we're gonna and wreck, very shallow we're gonna wreck the mood here so we are we're totally gonna Sorry. wreck it before we before we get to the rest of the things we have to ask you you know that what's about to happen right now is a lightning round it's a lightning round lightning round all right it's time for the lightning round we're gonna ask you some random questions the goal is to answer as quickly as possible Sometimes we ask questions that take longer than just a quick answer. So we realize that and we allow that uh, in the lightning round. All right. So let's start out with a few here. All right, Adam, how do you like your eggs? Mm, fried. Pretty well done. Fried eggs. All right. Do you like coffee? Yes. Black. How do you, how do you take it? Black with Black. cream? Okay. 100%. Yep. What, what is the best... Street taco in Birmingham. Mm, I got to go with my boy Jaime over at uh, Dos Hermanos on West Valley. See, he would know if he if he was a regular listener. We did a Shades Midweek taco tour. He told me about this. Yeah. 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 So Dos Hermanos, much to the surprise of all three of us, won unanimously. Yeah. Did uh, it beat that uh, Herradura place on did. Finley? Yeah, okay. it did. But it... It was for me. Those two were like the best. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's other good ones as well. Los Valadores is obviously is great. Mm. Um, That's we, the we one on uh, that. Green Spring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My father-in-law got sick there. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. One of the biggest reasons that Dos Hermanos won 
uh, was because of its consistency. Mm. Like a lot of the other places, like we might like, I think all of us, our favorite taco that we had, like our highest rated taco probably came from a different place. But when we went to Dos Hermanos, like everything was awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. awesome. Anyway, oh, yeah. sorry. All right. That's enough mm-hmm. on, yeah. on tacos. What's your Hogwarts house? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I mean, I, you don't have to be to okay. have a house. Uh, what's that? Uh, Ravenclaw. I'll just say one. Okay. Describe your style in one word. My style. Uh, my wife would say frumpy, <laughs> which is probably, I'll, I'll stick with that, frumpy. Oh, I like it. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Um, Patagonia. There's a, there's a biopic being made about your life. Who, what actor do you want to play? Would you want to play yourself? Tim Robbins. Good call. Yeah, yeah, I see that now. Wow. Yeah. He could grow his hair out a little bit. Yeah. Is Tim Robbins. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. 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 Shawshank I got it. Redemption. That's probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has he ever had long hair in a role? I'm trying to think if he ever has. I haven't. Not that I recall. Man, he had that answer but I, ready. But I see, the, I see the reflection a little bit now. That's though. People have told me I look like different people throughout the ages, and I feel like that one's probably the most accurate. In college, people told me I looked like Dwight from The Office, which always <laughs> made me so mad. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't. A few people said that. I don't see it. Yeah, personally. Oh. But I, I, I could see like if he, if he put on a Dwight costume. Mm-hmm. I did that one Halloween. And yeah. everybody knew. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, part of my hair down the middle. Yes, like, I guys. would not have a question as to who he was being. Yeah. Like, anyway, uh, do you collect anything? If so, what? Mm, not really. What is your favorite go-to lazy dinner? Um, like lazy, just easy. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Know? Like I don't want to have to put forth a lot of effort. Uh, pancakes, bacon. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice. Yeah, I love breakfast for dinner. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. We try to do that at least once a week in our house. Okay, uh, if, if it just you... reminds me of that scene in Parks and Rec where Leslie and Ron are eating. I think at JJ's diner, and she's like, "Why do?" Any, why do anybody ever eat anything besides breakfast food? And Ron's like, people are morons, Leslie. <laughs> and she's got like the mountain of uh, right. whipped cream oh, on it yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. You're having a dinner party and you're inviting three guests. And these three guests can be anyone throughout history, excluding people from the Bible, because we know that people would say Jesus or Paul or whatever. So, uh, three guests, anyone throughout history, dead or alive, who are you having at your dinner party? Ooh, never thought of that. Mm, honey Boo Boo. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, for sure, C.S. Lewis. Okay. Hmm. Uh, You're going to take Lewis over Tolkien? Well... Let's see how it is. I could get both of them in there, but... I know, I know. I was like, are it, you just going to go for the Inklings right now? You know, I, why not? Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of, like, somebody... A lot of big historical figures, though, just... I don't know if they'd be a lot of fun. Like, at least, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, like, political figures. I don't want right. to, you know? Right, Yeah. Uh, is dead? have to be dead? No, it could be dead or alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alive. It could be uh, current right uh, now. Getty Lee from Rush. Oh, nice. And, uh, that would be fun. Okay, yeah. Getty yeah. Lee and C.S. Lewis. Yeah. All right, yeah. okay. a wild dinner. Uh, do do do. 
um, I'm just trying to be quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, another sci-fi, another uh, fantasy writer, Patrick Rothfuss. Why not? There you go. Okay. There yep. you go. How often do you floss? Oh, not uh, no. <laughs> M- monthly, maybe. <laughs> what is an item worth spending more money on? Um, like I'm not going to buy low quality if I'm going to buy this. Well, I think that applies to a lot of things, but uh, a French press. Oh, nice. Because I, I got, I'll tell you from experience, I got the cheapest French press on Amazon twice, and it broke twice. <laughs> so pay a couple bucks more and get the Bodum. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There, there are just some things that you just can't buy off Amazon. There's just some things you cannot. And it's got tons of good reviews, like yeah. five stars. I'm like, why does it say no, five stars? That's trash. Yeah, they paid for those reviews. I'm sure yeah. something, something's going on. Um, how fast have you ever gone in a car dr- while driving? Me driving or someone else? Well, let's do both. You driving first. Me driving is probably just about 100 miles an hour. Okay. Someone else, uh, what's 250 kilometers? That's like 140, something like that. Wow. That was in Germany. Uh, the Autobahn? Yeah, and it was, and I was, they had this thing called Mitfahrergelegenheit, which is like a, it's like Uber, but pre-Uber, and you could book a ride from city to city. And uh, there was this, we booked a ride with this Pakistani guy who worked for the Deutsche Post, the post, the post office, and he had a company BMW car. And he just wanted, he ripped that thing wide open. Wow. Open, and it was scary, <laughs> man. It was, he was so, so aggressive. Fast. Yeah, he was shining going his going so fast, it starts looking like stuff slowing down <laughs> outside the windows. I was, a, I was an exchange student, and there was two other exchange students in the back seat from China, and they were, they were like shaking, you know. And he, and he was looking in the rearview mirror like, oh, not to worry. It will be okay. <laughs> Have you ever written a song for someone? Yes. Yeah. Would, you, right. would you sing it now? Oh. <laughs> That's awkward. Man, it's, I don't even remember it. But, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, I've got one more. I don't know if you have any more, Jonathan. But I'll, I'll more. find one more right here. Okay. Uh, this one may be a longer answer, but that's okay. I'm, I'm actually fishing for something that we've talked about before. Give me a fun fact about Uruguay that you and I have talked about before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, It was in relation to uh, ground beef, I believe. Or, oh, what, or uh, cows or something. What, Aldi? Uh, no. w- was that what it was? Uh, you can like the, if you buy like organic beef at Aldi, it's from Uruguay. Is that it? That's definitely yeah. one of the things that yeah. you said. But isn't isn't there also like oh more, the amount of cows? Yes. Yeah, I think there's like there's, so there's three million people in Uruguay. I think there's something like sixteen million cows, and also maybe like twenty million sheep. Oh, so it's word. if you're driving on like a two lane highway, and you and you stop anywhere immediately when you get outside, it just smells like manure. <laughs> Wow, but it's not a bad odor. It's not a bad odor. It smells <laughs> it smells like nature. Oh my you word! So. I do get that grass fed beef from from Aldi. There you go. Yeah, so. it's not that expensive. It's um, not. It's yeah. very reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right, I got two two more for you. Uh, one is, do you have a hidden talent? Hidden talent um, that like nobody knows about. Yeah, or, I mean, usually like hidden talents are are weird things that oh. people do or. Are considered mm. talents, or Joe Lee said the alphabet backwards. I just know if you had something to impress us with. I really, uh, I'm missing a toenail. I can show that. To you. <laughs> All right, last thing. Finish the phrase. The way to my heart is. Um, what's the way, the way to my heart is? 
uh, with words of affirmation. There you go. There you go. Adam Nichols, everybody. Lightning round. That was it. We conquered it. Beautiful. We did it. All right, sir. Well, to bring the interview home, we would love to hear how you and Allie met and became the beautiful, perfect family that you are. <laughs> um, very, yes. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I was going to say Brady Bunch, but Brady Bunch was, was a different example. Um, yeah, y'all would have had to each have kids yeah, yeah. before you met. So yeah. it would be a second marriage situation. Married with children, that one. Oh, yeah, with, uh, exactly like that. Yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Al something? Al. Bundy. Yeah, Al right? Bundy, yep. Um, yeah, man, so <clears throat> let's see. So I went to Sanford 2007, and uh, Allie also went to Sanford. So uh-huh. my wife, Allie, she's from Atlanta area, Snellville, Gwinnett County. Uh, and she um, wanted, I forget exactly why, I'm sure she visited but she wanted to go to Sanford for the nursing program. She's a nurse right now. They have a really good nursing program. So she's a year younger than me. She came in 2008. And in 2010, we went on a... I had met her through some like uh, mutual friends yeah, and stuff yeah. before. Actually, the first time that I can remember uh, us interacting was, do you know Firehouse Ministries? It's like that homeless shelter, downtown Firehouse yeah, Shelter. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they moved, but they used to be in a fire, uh, actual firehouse. I forget which street, but somewhere downtown. And we were doing, like, just vol- like just volunteering with them. I think we were, I forget exactly what we were doing, but we were walking around downtown, uh, interacting with uh, homeless people and stuff like that. Uh, and and she was, and she was on the team. And uh, that's the first time that we met. But she didn't like catch my eye at that moment uh, for whatever reason. But we knew each other. And so then we on in 2010 we, on spring break it was like March 2010 we went on a, a mission trip uh, with Shades Mountain Baptist Church to New Orleans or right outside New Orleans a little town called Poitras where we were gonna um, where we like we're fixing up a church that was messed up by Katrina we were painting and doing some basic just kind of uh, construction stuff and she was on the team and a couple of my other good buddies from college were, were there and and so that's when we first started hanging out. And uh, and I noticed her, and I was like, "Man, she's hot." And so, uh, <laughs> guys, we're so deep. So uh, we're, you know, we're just we're so oh, there's so much to us, such complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's not yeah, not a whole lot to it, but uh, but yeah. So you know, I I kind of noticed her or whatever. And and the thing about me is, I had never been in a relationship at that point, which I know is probably not the norm. I'd never had a girlfriend and, or anything like that. So this was, I was, well, it wasn't for lack of trying to marry somebody from Uruguay. No, I, <laughs> Lord knows I tried. Uh, but so this was virgin territory for me. Um, this was like new territory for me, yeah. you know, uh, <clears throat> dating. And I was gosh, 22 at the time. So, uh, you know, figuring things out. But, um, so we started hanging out. You know, and I started helping her, quote unquote, study right <laughs> at, at the uh, the cat, not the cafeteria. What do you call it? Like the, the underneath the cafeteria at Sanford, the food court, the food court. Yeah, I worked in the food court actually. So she would come by and get some Chick Fil A, and I would hook her up with some nuggets. You know, and make the small talk, things like that. And uh, and then I would get off. That's when you know it's love, and <laughs> and help her study. And we would stay up to like really late at night in the food court. You know, and I can remember uh, 
and I introduced her to her to um, like climbing buildings. That was a thing at Sanford, but probably most colleges where you like you just get on top of buildings, <laughs> like climbing, you know, just for adventure or whatever. But we get on top of yeah. I mean, I, I had a phase. <laughs> Didn't you have a phase, John? Of Mark? course, who yeah. doesn't? Yeah, everyone. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Everybody remembers their building phase, buildering. Um, but we got on top of uh, the Divinity School uh, and Reed Chapel. Like what part of the Divinity School? Like, you know the big the, dome. The do- you got on the dome? Yeah, you can access it from like the, whatever the English building or something. There's a, like a corridor, and you can kind of. Back in the day, you could. They left the door unlocked, and you could you could get up in there on top. You know, that's mind blowing. Anyway, all right, keep going. Reed Chapel as well. Is it, um, you can get up in there, and there's tons of everybody signed their name, and so I got up in there. I put. Adam Nichols, 1997, just like com- confused future archaeologists. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, so we were doing that, and um, and I can remember like uh, this is getting into the details, but I can remember I'd never asked a girl on a date before, so I was just like I was um, petrified. I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, yeah. fear of rejection, all that stuff. So uh, it was like I was driving her back to her, her dorm one night, and um, and we were just sitting there awkwardly. Okay, well, good night. Okay, and then I kind of blurted out, "Hey, so do you want to go on a date Friday night?" And and she's like, "Um, did you just ask me on a date or something like that?" And I was like, "Well, we don't have to." I kind of like with, I kind of like withdrew <laughs> back, it. Backpedal, back up. And she's back like, up. "You can't unask me out." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "Yes, yes, I want to." So, uh, so she agreed, and we went. Our first date was at Rojo. Oh, good place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, I think our first date was Rojo, ice cream, and then climbing Reed Chapel. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, we uh, we started dating, and I remember that summer we spent the summer apart because I was working at a camp in North Carolina, Camp Ridgecrest. And she was, I think, doing a babysitting gig. Uh, but when we came back, you know, for people, I guess, my age, you remember on Facebook when you would go official? Oh, yeah. official. It was like oh, yeah. a big... In a relationship? We, yes. Yeah. Like, we were kind of just talking before then, but we decided to, like, make it official. And I remember she was... She had a bunch of roommates at the time. She was living with, I think, six other girls. And uh, they were like, "Oh my gosh, you know, let's let's we're gonna let's do this." So they got on Facebook, <laughs> in a relationship, ah, you know, and it was such a big deal. I don't think people do that anymore. But um, so yeah, and uh, we uh, you know, we we got we we dated for a while. Um, I almost messed it all up uh, like a month later because <laughs> just from being a uh, like a dumb. You know, guy, dumb boyfriend, dumb guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was her twenty first. Sounds right. It was. <laughs> a, say, I, I've never done that. Yeah, John Mark, right. Have no. you? Oh, oh no. no. It was her twenty first birthday, and we all went. Uh, we, a big group of us, went down to Florida to the beach, and um, and I was just being an idiot. I remember because <laughs> I just wanted to hang out with my bros, and so like, and I just didn't know. I was learning like how to balance. Okay, I gotta be with my girlfriend but also with my bros, but mainly with my girlfriend now, that kind of thing. But I was just kind of like ignoring her to be with my bros. And, uh, and so it was some of, some of the people on the trip were like, are y'all going to make it? Like, are y'all going to break up? And stuff like that. Um, guys are struggling right now. It's like two weeks after we went official, <laughs> but, uh, but we made it through. Yeah. Like, and me, I told you my style was frumpy. 
like I'm always notorious for just dressing pretty terrible. And <laughs> we went to this bar for her 21st birthday. We were singing karaoke and I just wanted to show out. And so everybody's dressed up. All the girls are dressed up really pretty. The guys are looking good. I wore pajamas. <laughs> I wore pajamas and a Nigeria soccer jersey <laughs> just to be, you know, different. And looking back, I'm like, man, what an idiot. <laughs> Like, this is basic stuff, dude. <laughs> Young Adam. <laughs> yeah. Basic stuff. Yeah. So, but we made it, we made it through that. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we got engaged. Well, first, I spent a semester in Germany in 2011. I, I went abroad. Where you went 140 miles an hour with an Uber driver. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's kind of funny because we had kind of talked about marriage before then. Um, but I was kind of afraid of the concept, sure. you know, cause I was like, man, this is like just, just the, the theory of it, I guess. But being in Germany, um, the absence makes the heart, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. And, uh, and I really started missing her a bunch and I was like, man, cause I kind of had these ideas of how I wanted my life to go. And, uh, and I just kind of threw all that stuff out the window. I was like, I, I just, yeah, I'd rather be with her. I'd rather you know make a life with her um and so uh we we i came back from germany and uh we got engaged may of 2012 then we got married in december 2012 she right after she literally right after she graduated college yeah yeah, yeah. so i was 24 she was 23 when did uh when did y'all show up to shades it wasn't too long yeah not long that. after that no it was Started coming 2014. Okay. Um, yeah. But, well, actually 2013, but coming steady 2014. Um, I uh, I knew about Shades. Well, in, at Sanford, anybody knows Sanford knows that step sing is a big thing. Oh, yeah. That's where they did that dance and then sang in competition. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, in 2010, my junior year, I was in step sing with University Ministries at Sanford, and we rehearsed at this building. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you here 2010? No, I didn't show up till 2012. Okay. But that was my first, of course, I knew about, that was the first time I came to this building. And then I used to work at Daxco. Yeah. With oh, nice. a few different people. Yeah. Did Ashley work there? Ashley did work there. Uh, it would have been it would have been later, but yeah. Jeremy Pauly. Jeremy Pauly. Who was used there, to yeah. go to Shades. Worked Tattoos? There. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I, Caleb Stallings was my, yeah. like, I was like his supervisor. And, uh, and we were just chatting one day. He mentioned that he came here. So I was like, he's like, you should come check it out. And so I came. Checked it out, and I can remember this would have been at some point in 2013. I remember um, first Sunday I came, you know, just being noticing how wow it's so open, it's so open, and people just come up and and talk to you. It doesn't seem clicky like maybe a couple other churches can be. Uh, people just open. I remember Chad Stogner came up and talked to me. <laughs> yes, and invited do, me to his. Uh, do, small do you want to know what's hilarious about this? I need I need to tell Chad this. I need to tell t- Chad. I literally today, I'm not kidding. I'll show it to y'all when we're done. <laughs> today, I was someone just turned in their new paperwork, and I was reading it. And there's a section on new member paperwork here at Shades where you can basically write kind of like what your experience of Shades has been like, especially if you have like some insights to offer or anything like that. And this guy wrote about his first Sunday at Shades and talked about people coming up and saying hello, and he mentions by name 
Chad Stogner wow. coming up and saying hello Look at to that. him. So Man. props, Chad. Yeah, Chad. Because that would have been so for you, that would have been in 2013. Mm-hmm. So a decade later. He's still going strong. Chad's still going still strong, man. Still that's awesome. saying hello. That's man, awesome. that's <laughs> Yeah, so um we uh I didn't really have a in, in, in college I went to that Hispanic church, which was great, but I didn't really feel super plugged in. I feel like I was like a I was just in a serving role. Serving, serving, yeah, serving. Yeah, 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 I hear you. And I couldn't really relate to to the people there, I guess, in the same way that I can maybe here. We went to Mosaic for a little while in between, uh, and then it started coming here. I was Allie and I were both working night shift in 2013, so it was difficult, oh, wow. and weekends too, so it was difficult to come. But 2014, I changed jobs. That's when we really started coming um, consistently. And, I, and we were involved. One of the first things we were in was a small group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. In Southside, I forget uh-huh. the girl's name. It was Lindsay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but Brad, yes, uh-huh. yeah, Brad was in it. Um, Daniel Flowers, I don't know if Daniel Flowers, Flowers was there. Yeah, yet. Uh, Victor, Caleb, Victor, yeah, yeah. wow, Man, it was, yeah, yeah, it's that was a time ago. Um, yeah, I remember meeting you and Allie and getting to know y'all. Um, young, bright eyed, bushy tailed newlyweds with no children. Mm, yep, and now you've been married how long? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. And how you guys we, have a couple of kiddos. Just a few. Man. Just a yeah. few. Just a few. We've got four. Uh, Nora, she's six. Miles is five. Titus is three. And Eloise is nine months, maybe ten months. Ten months. In the, in the thick of it, man. Oh, yeah. In the thick of it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'll never forget so Nora uh, being six. She was born at the same time. Uh, Asher. Uh, mm was born and that was that year was just off the charts oh yeah for like births 2016 it was nuts mm-hmm. um so yeah i definitely that's the that's a church growth strategy right there <laughs> you know apparently yeah. it's uh oh my word encourage they've probably been doing that for centuries huh it's a, the catholics you know. <laughs> This is how we grow. Is it? Christendom. It's literally making disciples. <laughs> right. So, anyway, yeah. well, man, dude, we just we love you and your family. We're so appreciative of Allie. We love your kiddos, and just are so thankful that y'all been here, um, just through all these years, and let us just do life with y'all. Um, it's been our honor and joy, you know. And I mean, my prayer is that we just get to keep keep doing that and and we get to do it a little bit more uh i say we being my family uh because y'all moved not too long ago literally like right down the street from us mm-hmm. yeah yeah i walked by your house this morning about 6 a.m i was i was definitely still asleep my alarm went off 30 minutes later but what? i was definitely still i thought asleep you got up at like four every day it depends i'm getting over well, sickness i'm allowed to COVID. sleep in until 6 30 oh, man <laughs> he had covid last week so Oh, yeah. but yeah, no, it just, it, it depends. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. man, no, yeah. Thank y'all. And we, you know, we love shades and we love our family here. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is a, it's a special place. And, and God definitely work is working here through this church and through, through y'all as pastoral mm-hmm. staff. And, um, and it's just really cool to be a part of, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's a good place for, for healing. That's awesome. I appreciate that. That's that, awesome. That is Beautiful. awesome. Beautiful. 
well, we can't wait until we can get Allie in here to set yep. the story straight. Right. Uh-huh. Get the other <laughs> side of the story. She asked me if I was going to be respectful today. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just going to disrespect you on air? So. Well, you done good until right then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Oh, no. All right. Well, if you have any questions for Adam. Yep. Or if you have some questions that you would like for Allie to answer whenever we finally get her. Oh, and yeah. here to do her meet a member, you can send them to us. Or you can send us emails about anything else. Uh, you can email us midweek at shadesvalley.org. Org. What are, what are we doing without Brad here? Do you want to say it? Do I want to say it? Do we want to say something different? Do you want to come up with something different on Just the come spot? Up with something different on the spot? Yeah. You can email us midweek at shadesvalley.org because we welcome you into. <laughs> it's not going to work. This ongoing adventure in communication. Nah, we'll come up with something. We'll we'll come up with something uh, because here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.